listening to the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Keep it real. What's up, all you beautiful people? It's Roy and Dennis back with the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing wonderful things, things that are so wonderful and close to us because they're our stories. So we're going to be, we're going to be hitting a lot of uh, stories today and just chilling, talking about fucking shit that has happened to us um, while we were in the service. As military police, I mean, we could go outside that in this conversation at any point. Um, we're also trying something a bit new. We're also going to be live on Twitch right now. So if you guys tune into the Twitch uh, for like future references, oh, thank you, you for the fall. <laughs> As you can see, yeah, we're fucking live on Twitch. So somebody just followed. We've been live, what, like two, uh, three minutes? Three minutes? Wow. That's, uh, yep. that's impressive. All right, so we'll go ahead and uh, kick kick right into it, Denny, my boy. Um, do do you wanna you wanna go first with a with a question or a story? Or do you or do you want me to ask you something? What do you want? Uh, you can go you can go right ahead and ask me something first, man, and then we'll just switch off like that. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I'll go I'll go with the first thing that I got here in my notepad. All right, so. What is the scariest call for service that you have ever responded to while working as a uh, military police officer? Uh, let's see. The scariest call that mm-hmm. I'd say I probably had to respond to was, so it was at Fort Carson, right? It was originally a now one hangup. That's what it came through as. So, you know, you, you had to, you know, uh, don't, a, never let you go. What's a nine one one hangup? I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into that. You know, never let you go okay. down. But a now one hangup usually is that someone just calls 911 by accident or for someone else and immediately click the like hangs up but the call still goes through so you know we gotta go out there and still check it out or maybe search the area make sure everyone's all right right so we got the call from that one hang up and i show up to this house expecting you know the basic bullshit where it's oh i didn't mean to or negative contact right which means that no one's there but the first thing i actually saw was this guy walked up to my car and he had blood like coming out of his nose his mouth his shirt was all bloody and he he comes up to me and goes, hey, man, we're good. Everything's right. I look at him I'm like, no, everything's not fucking all right. You're fucking <laughs> bleeding. So okay. I sat in my car and then, you know, I call dispatch, you know, let's, I let someone else say, hey, we need a patrol out here, uh, possibly medical for, you know, a middle-aged man, all that good shit. And then uh, he's like, no, no, you don't have to do that, man. You don't have to do that. I'm like, right, well, what happened here, right? And he started telling me a story. And the next thing you know, I look out on my left side of my eye and I see this guy. He opens the door and starts sprinting towards us. And so I'm like, yo, hold on. You need to calm down. I, was, I said, sir, stop. Get down or get back or something, you know? He yeah. really stopped in his fucking tracks, put his hands up. and was like, hey, man, you know, we're good. I didn't mean to, uh, I didn't mean to scare you like that. I'm like, you need, you need to back up first, all right? And at this, at this time, it's when my second patrol pulled up. And I talked to the first guy. He, my other patrol talked to the other guy. It turns out that he, this guy was talking with flirted with his wife the other guy didn't like it so he socked him in the jaw and they were all just drunk right so you know we had to bring them both in for mutual assault because the other guy fought back and it could have just escalated a lot worse but i feel like how we handled it and how the situation went it was the least amount of uh how do i say it? fighting or mutual experiences okay yeah when the guy came out did did you say he was shirtless no, no, he, I said, I said he came sprinting at us. He just came fucking like full on yeah. sprint, balls deep, just like fucking coming for your ass. And he opened that door and said, yoink. Dude, I that said, is, oh, oh, uh, that's, 
that is the scariest thing an officer like can experience because you don't know what the fuck's about to happen. But I mean, yeah. fortunately, fortunately, it it worked out and they didn't do anything stupid. It was just a, a little. It's probably were they infantry? They were infantry, weren't they? No, I think either either infantry or engineers, one of those two. Okay, same same but different. Same same yeah. but different. Okay, uh, well, on that topic of like scariest things. My mine's kind of kind of similar, and like when I walked into, I didn't know what to expect. But uh, this was when I was as a a traffic investigator still, and um, we had gotten a call over dispatch, and the call was it, it came up at it had the like the emergency button, like do 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 do, and then like the yeah. call signs come up, mine pops up, and it says that pretty much that a guy held his friends up at gunpoint right and i was like oh shit i'm like this is the night like that's the first thought that crossed my mind i remember yeah. i i said in route and i and i kept driving like for like just a couple more seconds down the road as i took a deep breath because i know this was going to be like real nerve-wracking for me flipped on my fucking lights did a u-turn and I, I was actually really close to where the call came through as well fucking hit my lights and sirens booked it i, I first time or we all arrived on scene just about the same time out of patrol suit myself and then another cover unit and uh originally we walked up we saw the group of people outside you know my hands on my gun i don't know what the fuck's about to happen or whatnot they're like he's inside he's inside he's inside and i'm like okay we got we got to go inside we're a little hothead and everything it's like what's his name yeah. what's his name they tell they tell us his name and whatnot we know who we're looking for so we go straight through the entrance to cq I'm like hey did somebody just run through if so where they, they just saw him because apparently he was like shirtless and bloody right mm -hmm. and they, they said that like he that he had a gun it was like pointing at, not at the cq but the people outside said he had a gun that he like held us up because he lost a i guess he was like sparring with him like just having a play fight or whatnot oh, I got and then he he was so drunk so he got his fucking ass beat he got his ass beat in the fight so he goes back to his his truck pulls out a gun on the motherfucker and he's like oh my oh okay that that's that's what they were telling us so i'm like we think he's he's probably still got the gun and he, if he's drunk he's gonna do some irrational stupid mm -hmm. shit we i fucking as soon as i we get past the cq desk i get my gun draw low ready fucking just kind of like walking down the hall we got his name i don't know where he went but we know he's in the building so we just we walk we went left up the stairs and on the second floor we we're gonna cut all the way across and we're just like looking at the uh the signs for the name that we're looking for because it's a barracks room and we end up coming across his name and I'm I'm the lead guy. I fucking like boom boom boom. Four cars of police come out with your hands up. And, you know, boom boom boom. Hurry up! Yeah. He's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I'm like, oh shit, he's coming. Okay, get ready. What's going on here? Opens the door. The dude's in his underwear instantly. I'm like, get on the fucking ground. And fuck, I just holster my weapon. But that's the scariest experience because my heart was pounding the whole fucking time. I was like, that's the first time I had to draw my gun first off yeah and then that's just never easy no it's not i thought i might have to take someone's life tonight and i, I know me like my mindset is always that, like I'm, i don't want anybody else to do it i'll, I'll do it I, I guess you could say it's kind of like a hero mindset in a sense like i but i don't look at it like that i look at the mindset as like i'd rather do it because i can deal with it in my own way and i don't want to put you through something like that kind of thing so i'm just, just always 
keeping in mind, I want to protect the other patrols on the roads and stuff. So, yeah, that yeah. was my scariest fucking experience. Just drawing my weapon for the first time. He didn't have a gun. He was in his boxers, <laughs> just bloodied up. He was trying to wash the blood off of himself. So, damn. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that. I mean, I haven't exactly drew my pistol on like an actual scenario like that, so I can't imagine like the adrenaline, the blood pumping that you had to go through, you know. Shit. But let, let's <laughs> let, let, let's jump, <laughs> let's jump away from scary experiences and let, let's talk about what's what's probably your best experience that you had as a, either military police or just in the military in general. Ah, uh, it, it it the military in general. That's that's such a. Difficult question to actually answer because there's just been so many good experiences, and then I could say the equal with bad experiences because they're there, they're there, they're fucking in abundance. You can get them anytime you fucking want to. What someone has a bad day, oh, they're gonna make your bad your day your good day bad as well. You know that's just how it is with rank. So there's a it's quite a few. But if I could pick out like just one, one day where I just knew I was really happy, I was just having a really great time. Um, oh, there there'll be two times. One recently was the Christmas party I did with my company. Um, because we didn't have to show up to work that day at all. Oh, nice. All we had to do was show up at the uh, USO on base for the Christmas yeah. party and everything. And <laughs> I'm not gonna go into detail, but that was a good day. <laughs> like I just I just that was a really good day. I enjoyed it. I'll talk about maybe I'll share why it was so good a bit later, but that was a good day. Um but another day that really sticks out that we have like pictures of too. We had some really cute boy pictures that we got to keep in our memories and stuff was the military ball. I th- it was I think was it twenty nineteen or twenty twenty I think it was twenty nineteen. Yeah, because yeah, I was still I was still a PFC and shit. So um and it was quite a while ago, so I could talk about it. <laughs> and what made that such a good day, okay, was because first of all, all the boys were there. Like all, all the guys we came up and we grew up with in the fucking army together, they were all there. And I, I ain't even gonna lie, man. I was a little on the younger side, and I had a lot to drink that night. Like I was, <laughs> I was just feeling it. And then I know everybody there was feeling it too. And I think what made this such a good event is because like our leaders and everybody higher up was drinking and they were yeah. drunk. So the fact that they were drunk, I was drunk, all my boys were there. It was just a fun time because, you know, we, we had that humbling experience. It wasn't like, oh, you're a first star. Oh my God, I got to stand up right and rest tonight. Ah, what's up? First star. What's going on? <laughs> we're like, I'll tell you shit. Like we got pictures, pictures yeah. with the company commander, and you know that dude is drunk. His eyes are blitzed in the fucking photos. He's oh, that man was happy. on Venus. Yeah, but then I also had the sergeant major pop me shots that night, and I was like, oh, I was fucking like shot, 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 shots. I was just chilling, dude. It was just such a good time. I was so drunk. I was so happy. Um, oh, there, and there's one, there's one memory that I have at the end of the night that's so crystal clear too, because we're all dressed up in our, our blues and shit and our uniforms. Oh, I felt, I felt good. I felt good. I looked I good. It was great. But another memory I have that night is I'm pretty sure we went back to your room or maybe Jimbo's room. I, I don't know. It was one of your guys' room because y'all live like right next to each other, right? Yeah. And we we're leaving. I I was leaving for the night. 
and I, I still have, I had a bottle of something. I don't know if it was Fireball. I had like a whiskey glass or something. Like I was walking and there was fresh snow on the sidewalk. <laughs> I crunch, crunch, crunch. I slip and I swear to God, my body planked and smacked the ground. <laughs> like I didn't, I, I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't try to compensate for any of the fall or nothing. I just went, fucking <laughs> smacked, smacked on the ground. And I laid there and I was like, ow. I stood up smiling because I was so drunk, and I just—I do remember that, dude. I, fuck, I remember it hurting, but I remember—I I remember like stiffing it up, just like straight, like oh, this is my life, smacking the ground, and then like that was—I was just like, ow! I got up and just went yeah. on. I went on. That was it. I was happy. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. I actually do remember that night because I was the DD, and I got a three-day pass out of that. And after we went really? to the ball, we all, we all stopped by Dutch Bros. It was you, me, Rod, and Jimbo. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you remember this, but you dropped your Dutch Bros when you hit that fucking ground. And you said, oh, man, let me get some of yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if I remember that. I had been drinking a lot. There's only a couple memories that I have towards the end of the night that are really there. There's that one yeah. photo, too, that it was me and Schumer. Remember? We got, like, cigarettes or cigars or something. Yeah. We're, like, toasting and stuff. We're, like, typical classy boys. Like, that's, that's fucking it, dog. That's where it's at. Real gentleman hours. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Let's, let's hear yours. Let's hear yours, Kim. Okay. Let's hear what you guys yeah. say. Oh, so probably one of the you know best experiences I've definitely had in the military is definitely the times that we go out to the field. And what the field is, for all y'all who are listening who are in the military, is like a bunch of training exercises that we usually go out for weeks at a time, focus on battle drills and other military shit I can't really say about, but you get the gist of it. And so we used to go out there and, you know, we used to be running missions with the boys and shit like that. You know, pe people who you really like, people who you fuck with, people who you trust. And it would just be fun times because, like, during the day, you'll absolutely do, do your real shit. Hey, uh, I just want to say thank you for the follow. Tight-lipped, babe. I appreciate it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice name. The people in the fucking podcast, when they're listening to this <laughs> shit, they're going to be like, tight-lipped, babe. What the God, fuck? God, damn. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, you would go out there, you know, with the training, show that with all your partners, all your friends, and all the people who you actually trust. And during the day, you'll be running missions, conducting all different types of uh, classified stuff I can't say. But <laughs> at night, when you guys would be setting up the tent, you guys would just be saying the most dumbest shit. It would be like 1 a.m. Somebody would make a stupid oh. noise. Everyone would start dying, laughing. Your leadership would be yelling at you. Shut the oh. fuck up. Go to bed. Dude, it's just... You know, when we were like pre-discussing this. Yeah. Okay. All I could think about was how much I just despise the field. But you brought up like a like a just memories just now because that nighttime when everybody like you're done, don't worry about the day. We're all just fucking chilling yep. after we suffered and shit. And the first memory that popped into mind was when I brought those giant fucking sausages into the tent. Do you remember yes. those giant fucking summer sausages? The glizzies. <laughs> I was like pointing at Guzman and he was like, ah, I fucking ripped the sausage head off and like broke my sausage and tore it apart. I was like, you bit my sausage. And somebody overheard it was like, what? <laughs> In the fucking tent. Uh, One of the so two moments I, I definitely remember from the field though is when we, when we sling up the tent, right? And it's dark as hell inside there. And I just hear fucking someone go, who's in my ass? Bro. <laughs> I, I almost dropped the white pole and I died. But, 
and then the second one was the aggro was the aggro incident fucking so everyone was just fucking up the entire day and this man he, he was a pfc at the time he did not give a fuck and this one nco comes in he starts yelling at everyone he's like you know if you guys keep fucking up we're gonna take you outside and he's like you know what fuck that grab your 240 and let's go outside right now this man with the most highest morale i've ever heard goes hoorah grabs it and starts running outside dude we couldn't breathe all of us died it was like five of us on the ground while we getting yelled at yo i completely forgot about the existence of aggro that man was a blessing like he, he just um, nothing could take that man's spirit down he was always so good nothing, man. yeah just yeah. happy all the time ready to go that's that's the kind of fucking people that you you won't ever forget in your life when you're going through the 100%. fucking suck dog all right all right so um I know we talked about it, but I want you to kind of like glean your glean your thoughts, and I want I want to hear an experience or a story that you had over in Korea that you really want to talk about. It could be happy, sad, it could be anything you want to. Just you know, share something that really uh, sticks out to you in Korea. I got you. So uh, when I was in Korea, that was in from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. So you know, last year, uh, I actually just got to my unit. You know, Camp Humphreys. It's, it's the base. You know, if all my military listeners, you guys been there, you guys know how it is. But uh, I just got there from like, you know, two, three weeks. I started working the road and I was actually starting to finally get familiarized with the layout of the base. And I get a text like two or two hours or an hour before I get off shift around like five o'clock saying, hey, um, I know you just got here, but we have to send you to another base called Yongsong, which is more up towards Seoul and stuff like that. Because, you know, we need people to work the road. And I'm like, man, fuck. I'm like, all right, whatever, though. We, we, we got we to gotta go. We got to go. You know, that's your thing. But when do I have to go? He goes, oh, tonight. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, so as soon as you get back, yeah, go back and pack your stuff. You have like two hours to pack, and then we have to send you up on a bus two hours away. Good luck. I was like, all right, I'll go fuck myself, I guess. So I get off shift, you know, pack, get on the bus, everything, and start heading up there. And I finally get to Yongsong, you know, do my stuff for about a week. But the thing about Yongsong is that the base is being currently being closed down, right? Giving back to the Korean government and everything, because yeah. uh, it's going to be turned into like a national park. So the barracks aren't exactly okay. in tip-top shape. And so we stayed at the old MP barracks, and these barracks, they had they had mold and asbestos, like you can tell easily. So uh, I stayed there in my room for like a week. You know, I had an NCO room because I was a specialist team leader at the time. But I after a week, I felt like absolute shit. Like, and it turns out, I, when I went back to the, I went back to the hospital, uh, thank you for the follow, Beefy's Gaming. When I went back to the hospital, fucking... They, they told me I had bronchitis. And I was like, well, that makes fucking sense. So, yeah, those barracks gave me bronchitis. And so I had to go back to Humphreys now. And I was on quarters for, like, a week or two. And then I, uh, after that, I had to get sent back up to Yongsong again. And it was just a, a total shit show for that entire month. So, yeah, that, that was probably definitely my craziest uh, story in Korea I had. Jesus Christ. So let, let's compare and contrast the barracks. Which Was Humphreys definitely better than Young, Yongsong? Oh yeah, Humphreys barracks are like almost brand fucking new. Like okay. they get they got like concrete walls, you know. Uh, like if someone's in the other room, you probably can't hear them unless they're yelling at the top of their lung. Mm-hmm. In Yongsong, they, they got like the, the the shitty wall, but you can hear someone beating their meat ten ten rooms <laughs> down. You know what I mean? So it was definitely more of a age gap between the buildings. So okay, I I, I, sp- I guess that's a good thing, but you know, I'm I'm glad I never had to experience some shit like that. Like on on, on a scale of shit. If you would uh, rate the Young Sung MP Barracks uh, on Yelp, how many stars would you give it? 
Sure, I'll give it one just because it has a roof over my head. That's it, <laughs> just a one, even with the mold no, actually, and asbestos. And, and a two, I'll give it a two. You know why? Because yeah. I had a locked door for my room. There we go. That's the most you okay. got me. Roof, roof, and a lock. <laughs> two stars. All right. What, what, what would it take to get those specs to a three stars? Jay, get rid of the asbestos first of all. You take the, you get rid of the asbestos before the mold. No shit, both. It's, both it's, it's a combo. It's get, a combo get, move. Get yeah. rid of the fucking deadly disease in the air. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> get oh, rid damn. of one. Get the one free. You know. All right, so on that note, I mean, I can't share any experiences when it comes down to Korea. I never went to Korea. Uh, fortunate and unfortunate at the same time because my buddies were there. And I missed y'all the whole time y'all gone, man. <laughs> well, instead of, instead of Korea, what, what would be like one of the, like a crazy story you had in uh, Carson? Oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I'm glad you asked that because I already had it written down. You kind of, you threw me off there. I was like, oh my god, we're going off script. <laughs> uh, the story of how I almost got murdered by rednecks, and it's still a blurry story because that night I was so fucking drunk. Okay, it was just a night that I had off. Okay, most of these stories that we tell are probably. I'd say about 70% going to be a possibility of us being drunk, okay? And that's because, you know, as privates and young people in the military, you're always fucking drinking. You're always drinking. You always find someone to supply. You always figure out a fucking way to get that drop of alcohol when you're off and you're off time, okay? So this story takes place about an hour and a half, a little bit further away from uh, Post uh, Carson at the time. I'm not going to really go into detail about where, but... It was pretty remote, you know, and we had a uh, a buddy of ours who was friends with these people down there, and he's the one who, like, hooked us up. He told he told me and my buddy, he's like, hey, we're going here. There's a fucking bonfire. I grew up with a lot of these guys. We're going to have a good night. We're like, oh, fuck yeah, okay. I had a handle of, like, fucking uh, Captain Morgan, uh, like, the the white room. Like, it's, all, it's just all clear, you know, and not, not a bad, a pretty smooth drink, you know. And we, we yeah. get down there, they're like, ah, what they said a bonfire, right? And they said something about a track. I thought it was going to be like a flat circle track, and we're just hanging out in the middle of it, and it's just going to be like an open field and, and like clean up and stuff. No, man, it's just rolling hills, a fucking creek breaking up the track and everything. So, like a rundown middle buttfuck nowhere bonfire place. We're like, okay, fuck it. This is what it is. This is where we're drinking tonight. And, and for the most part, it was a pretty good night. We're like fucking drinking i got really fucked up i'm pretty sure i threatened to cripple um <laughs> i said yeah dude I, I swear to god i did like this man was on crutches and i don't know what he said but he said some shit to me and i i, I remember like holding that morgan in my hand and like grabbing him by the shoulder like i'm gonna fucking hit you say some shit like that yeah man uh, I, I don't know what he said <laughs> uh, i just know that i threatened to cripple and um so night goes you on, night person. goes on, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and the night goes on, everybody's like drunk as fuck, and we're like winding down, we're all just gonna sleep in our trucks for the night and whatnot, I was gonna sleep in my buddy's truck, and uh, I um I step away to call my uh, my girlfriend at the time, my ex-girlfriend, and tell her like, hey, gonna, I love you, blah, 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 you know, all that coochie goo kind of stuff, and I did. And while I was on the phone with her, I started like walking back as like I'm winding down to the conversation. But there's these there's these three girls that were also at the party, and um, 
they were like coming up on me and they're coming up on me kind of hot. I didn't really know what was about to happen. I was like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, drunk and whatnot, cracking, what? Oh, fuck it. I'm just blitzed. All right. These girls are coming at me and they're coming in hot. And and all I all I remember is, fuck you. And they all just like charged me, start swinging their fucking hands at me. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember like throwing one of the girls on the other girl. I just like took off running. Like, I didn't know what the fuck just happened. I hid behind yeah. a truck, and they were like, I'm going to fucking find you and kill you. And they're like freaking the fuck out because they didn't see where it went. I see it like, I don't know, like survival instinct kicked in. So they like walk back to the fire. I go to the truck, and I grab my bag of like stuff that I brought with me. I was like, I ain't leaving this behind. I need everything. Fucking put it on. And then I like ran across the creek. Bad idea. Bad fucking idea. Shoes, socks, what a shit. It was cold. So I, I'm glad I brought slides because I put slides on and a new pair of socks. You know, there's one thing the army teaches you: always pack extra socks and underwear everywhere you go. Damn straight. I had extra socks and underwear. I had put socks on. I had slides. It's still cold out, but it was better than being fucking barefoot and slides. Yeah. I go to the other side of the creek. All I can hear are these rednecks. Like everybody just starts screaming, like, "Where is he? Oh, we're gonna fucking kill him for touching you!" And I'm like. Think of myself, like, I don't fucking touch nobody, man. I'm just flipping out, scared now. So I run up the giant fucking hill, and these guys, they, I just see trucks, like people getting in trucks and lights and stuff. And I guess somebody's like, check the hill. And I'm like, no, don't check the hill. <laughs> and they know I'm on top of the hill now. Like they see me, and they're like, come down, we're going to kill you. And I'm screaming out, they're like, fuck you. And they're like, trying to climb up the hill, and I'm throwing rocks down the fucking hill, trying to protect <laughs> myself as these rednecks are trying to come kill me, bro. What I didn't know was a small group of them like snuck up behind me, and they come up, and I, I like once I've realized that they're behind me, they're like, oh, oh, hey, hey, chill out, bro, chill out, bro. And I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. And I have like key, my keys were in my knuckles, <laughs> and I'm ready to like fucking start knuckle punching bitches with my keys in my hand, like I'm terrified for my fucking life. Like, hey man, hey man, we're not here to do that. We just want to get you out of here because they're gonna keep, they're gonna keep coming to you. They're like, kill you. I'm like, they're gonna kill me. What do I do? They're like, they're saying they, t- you touched them or something. I'm like, I didn't fucking touch these girls. And like these guys came up, said they'll take me to the road. And the one guy like volunteered because he, he's from there. He knows everything. Yeah. And I swear to God, dude, we trekked for like two miles before we found a road. Jeez, and that, bro, you were bad girls. And that entire time of trekking. Fucking, there was always a jeep or a truck nearby and a group of guys. I swear to God they were. But once we got to the road, I my phone had died, so all I had was my Apple Watch. I contacted my girlfriend's parents, and they. I don't know how. I don't know how, because I shit you not. And I was like, how did you guys find me? They're like, we just picked an intersection, and we saw you as we were driving by. And, like, my fucking luck, they found me that way. That's crazy. Got, yeah. I got in there, and I, I'm muddy. I'm dirty. Shit, bro. Next thing I remember, I'm going through Gate 3, Fort Carson. They just they drove me to my barracks. I said, thank you, thank you so much. I can't, I can't explain how I appreciate it. I'm appreciative of you guys. I get my barracks. My shit's still dead. I'm still so drunk. I've had so much trouble. <laughs> like, everything's dead. All I remember is Guzman, like, walking in the, into my bedroom. He's like, we thought you died. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm here, man. And then, like, that whole day, I just slept. I slept the hangover off. And that's the story of how I almost got murdered by rednecks for something I didn't do. And one more side note before I end the story. You remember, you weren't there, 
Uh, who was who was Schumer's friend that was always with him? Mash. Mash Mash Tier. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 was struck, passed out under a tree. Right. Those girls thought that he was me. <laughs> they beat him up too that night. He oh he later told me, and it, I was a couple months later when he told me about that too. So they were on like a death streak. They just did like me. I don't know what I did. Wow. I don't know what it was, but that's the night I almost got murdered by uh, rednecks. That's my story. Of that's, that's crazy, but you were fucking surviving like naked and afraid out there, bro. <laughs> bro I'm fucking sad. I just wish I had more clothes. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I didn't even bring a knife, man. You hear that, y'all? You ever go to a party? Pack extra socks, underwear, clothes, and a knife. <laughs> and, and, the, some and crazy ass rednecks. And, bro, and a glizzy if you. You know, if yeah, you're not going to get it, caught, it, leave it in your book bag. Yep. Hey, hypothetically, if you did have an illegal firearm, hypothetically, of course, we're not saying you should, hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so that's the night. I almost got murdered by rednecks, my Damn. man. Um, I too. So what, with the idea of getting, like, stupid drunk, okay, there's two stories that I want to hear from you. Um, okay. whichever one you decide to tell first is up to you. I want to, I want to hear about the night that we met our ex-girlfriends in Colorado and I'm not going to say what kind of party it was until your story's over. And, or if you want to start off with the shorter story and then go into the longer story about the night that okay. you guys got caught underage drinking. All right. And then, so they really throw me on the bus here right now. All right, hold no, on. Bro, we all did it in the military. <laughs> we all did yeah. it. It's okay. So, so, you know, uh, thankfully we were, you know, all privates, all being dumb privates on the rage, right? And in my personal opinion, I if you if you're old enough to serve in the military, I think you're old enough to have a fucking drink of beer, a drink of alcohol, you know what I mean? That's just my personal opinion. Amen. Yeah. So uh, you know, we were all in a barracks room and I guess we were being too loud. And, you know, we we, we just, you know, have a have a little get together, you know, with the boys and shit. And next you know, we hear a knock at the door. Doom doom. And we hear military police who are like <laughs> <laughs> But we are the police. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, that's us. <laughs> and so I was being underage and some one of our other buddies being the only of age, right? We he puts he puts the music louder and then so we go in the closet <laughs> and <laughs> so we're sitting in the closet, all, all three of us in a smallest closet, like fucking ass to ass to fucking nuts, right? And um he hear the door open and he's like, Hey, uh, I heard you guys are uh drinking in here. He's like, Nope, it's just me, just me and the music. And he goes, Don't lie to me. I know, I know there's other people in here. He's like, no, man, it's, it's just us. It's, you know, it's just the music. And he goes, all right, man, listen, if you want to keep lying to me, I can either search this entire room and apprehend all of you, or you guys can come out, and I'll just give you a fucking, a little smoking, and you guys can carry on with your night. And so we're hurt. we all heard that. We all look at each other, and we're like, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> and the moral of the story, you know, we all came out, and then he, he was like, how old are you guys? And we're like, uh, you know, uh, 19, 20? And they're like, hmm, that's what I thought. He's like, listen, guys, I'm not going to fucking bring you guys in, but get down, get down the fucking front lean rest and start pushing. So here we are on the rocks, just like, yes, Star Jam won't happen again. And we're just fucking pushing. <laughs> we did like, I don't know, like some like 50 or some shit like that. And, he, and then he's like, I right, get up. He's like, don't, don't let me catch you guys again. I understand you guys are, you know, military and all that shit, but be smart next time. Don't be fucking blaring music in the barracks if you know people around. And we're like, I right, it won't happen again, you know, and that, that's, that's the end of that. Meanwhile. And meanwhile. 
I went back to my room because I was there to grab another bottle of alcohol, and I was walking back and saw these motherfuckers getting smoked, and I said, nope, <laughs> and turned around because I still had the bottle in my hand, and I'm fucking young too, you know? About face? Yeah, that's exactly what happened, dude. I turned, I saw you, I was like, nope. Yep. So the second story, right, is, so when we actually just got to Carson, we were all like 19, right? This is the night that we all met our ex-girlfriends at the time. And so my buddy, my buddy here, Roy, right, you know, he's talking with this girl. I think he met it like one other time, but then she invited us to a party. We I went out there. Had a date that same night or earlier in the day before That's we went right. to that party. Yeah. Okay. And then, so I went there and I knew, I, I introduced myself to his ex and shit like that. And she's like, yeah, I have a friend if you, uh, you're interested. And I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? It's some of your snap, right? So, you know, uh, I get a snap, you know, we talk, she comes to the party and, you know, we introduce each other. And as the time we were going on, it was only three chicks at the party and there was like around like maybe 30 dudes we didn't think nothing of it we were just like oh maybe it's just the guys being guys you know and so we're all drinking and chilling and then i talked i talked to this guy playing piano because you, you get a fuck i'm like hey man you know, you're pretty good at piano and he's like oh thanks man you know he's like hey you have a boyfriend i was like what and he's like no no you have a boyfriend i was like no man i'm straight he goes oh okay i guess you're the only straight guys here at the party i was like what what do you mean he's like oh yeah this whole party it's, it's all for like you know gay people i was like huh that makes sense. Now, yeah. I'm not saying I have nothing. I have nothing against the gay, you know, LGBT. You know, I, I don't give a fuck. You know, you you're gay. That's cool. I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, but it was just like it threw us off because we were like, oh wow, we didn't even think about that. So <laughs> a whole party, <laughs> just like thirty gay dudes, and we're like the only two straight dudes here, and we're like, huh, that makes sense, bro. And so you want to know the thing that was nuts about that party too is that even the girls, they they totally like had the appearance of like they were probably gay. You know, yeah, and that that's something that was like ew, I didn't even notice it either because I was so focused on the the new girl that I was seeing at the time. Meanwhile, we're like exactly. sitting on the couch, fucking tongue fucking each other and and all that shit at the party, <laughs> and, and and we don't know any. I, I don't even know how we found this party. Do you remember how? I I don't. I, I thought I thought she just invited you. No, no, well, I, I'm pretty sure it was me. I think I found it was it. one of her friends. Maybe? I'm pretty sure it was one of her friends. You sure? I think so. Because I don't remember <laughs> anything about that night. Like, all I remember is like, oh, this this was our first time seeing your ex drive, and the way yeah, she drove right. was like a fucking maniac. So I she thought drove, it was a guy. <laughs> she drove like a fucking maniac, bro. We I remember getting in that car because she was like, oh, I got a friend that'll pick us up in DD, and then my ex even stayed the night, and I got lucky, and I was like, yep, this is going down. This is how it goes, and that's a. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was crazy. I still can't remember. I, I sorry, I still can't believe that we completely were oblivious until it was made like to our attention, and nothing changed. Nothing changed. I suppose that's no. a good thing. That's a good thing then. No, nothing changed that we didn't notice at first. So that, that was always a good uh, good story. All right. So tell tell me about the birth of the Merkians, and if you would like oh, to share. Man some non-explicit murkian content let's hear yeah some. i'll, 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 I'll hear go some, into that let's hear some murkian verses all right so the whole backstory behind it right is that so during the time of the all the riots and like antifa riots and everything that was going on i was being military police we all we also can specialize in riot control and so we were about to be spun up as active duty is when the whole debate is that when the whole debate of uh should active duty be deployed on u.s soil you know all that stuff was going on we actually went over to virginia fort ap hill 
for uh, non-lethal weapons training and riot control. And so when we're out there, like, it's kind of like the field almost. Like, you know, during the day you do real shit, at night, then you have some downtime. Mm-hmm. And at night we had the downtime, which became the birth of the Merkins, which is a Bible full of different stupid, tiny little verses that I will gladly share with some of y'all. I started on my notes. We all contributed to this funny little thing that we all had going on. We were all just fucking stupid and bored at the time. And we like, fuck it. Let's, let's, let's make something stupid about it, yeah? All right. Let's see. Merkins 3.1. Yelling louder than someone in an argument does not mean you are winning. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think that's pretty, I think that's pretty fair. That's Merkins yeah. 1. 1.8, smoke break should always be utilized. See, in the military, you have these things called smoke breaks. You know, that's your little 10-minute break, you know, go out there, chill, talk with some people when shit's not going on, you know? Uh, 1.4, hot Cheetos is not fucking breakfast. You know who you are. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, he, he, here's a good one that uh, one of our old squad leaders heard of. Yeah, I, I think you'll know, but uh, NCOs trying to communicate is like watching <laughs> Chinese kids try to smell the color seven. Jesus Christ, bro. Yeah. And that, that man, I don't even know if I, I've been able to hear all the 3.0s yet. I think I, I've definitely heard the one, the one verses and on, and then the two verses and on, but I don't know, like, if I've heard the 3.0s. How far it's does this go now? 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. And do the numbers go past like 10 per one? Like, so does it go like 1.11, 1.12 and up or? No, just there's 1.1 to 1.9 and then two. Okay. And okay. Yeah. Okay. So about 10 per like uh, verse category, I guess. It's about like 85, yeah. There's 85 Mercian voices. Yeah. All right, 85. guys. Look, if you guys want to hear more about the Mercians, okay, all you got to do. Maybe maybe we'll turn it maybe we'll turn it into like a little book where we copy and paste and make a title and we'll, I don't know we'll sell it as like merchandise later on down the road and maybe maybe we'll turn it into a little segment where I'll read one every podcast you know a one a one murky verse every <laughs> podcast that'd be nuts man um okay so that that is that is the Mercians and the Mercians is a wonderful thing yep. in our group of friends because we just fucking put facts that we hear in there. I mean, it's, it's a, a fact can be put in that's as simple as bros before hoes. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. I'm pretty sure it's in there. <laughs> there should have been one of the first ones, I think. Now, the first one is uh, stay strapped to get clapped, George Washington. Yes, yes. I do remember him saying that. I, I, w- I was there when he crossed the Delaware in the uh, Christmas of, what was it, 1776? No, Christmas uh, of 75. 75, yes. Christmas of 75 <laughs> when he crossed the Delaware. I was there, and I heard him say that. So oh, wow, thank I, you. I'm a, I'm a reliable resource when it comes down to uh, facts about George Washington. I just want to... Th- th- thank you for rowing the boat. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me drive the boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, here, here's another story that I... I there, there's a couple stories I want to tell. I'm going to give you two shorts and then... Uh, a lesson that I learned for a third one and the lesson we'll, we'll get to that uh, one story that I want to tell as a private you know because we all do dumb things I I was an MP and I think I had to work on like a Sunday but I wanted to get out because I don't know I think I wanted to go like see my girlfriend at the time and I didn't want to go to shift that day so we, we can't call out of work okay 
that's not a thing. Calling out of work is not a thing. So you got to find excuses oh. that are viable to get out of work. I told my chain of command that I was getting baptized on a Sunday, right? And I wasn't actually going to get baptized. I just wanted to go fucking see my girlfriend at the time. So they said, oh, oh, my God, you need, like, what would they say, Dennis? Because you heard it and you remember it. They, they, they were like, oh, I'm so glad that you're finding a religion and someone to believe in. And I was just sitting, I, I knew what was going on. I was sitting over there like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I say that. And I was like, a buddy of mine at the time, Daniel, he, like, comes up to me. He's like, hey, man. Uh, like, he, I, I, I forget exactly how it went down, but Daniel, Daniel's a black guy. And um, he does occasionally go to church and stuff. And he was like, hey, man, if you want to do it, it might. He, I don't think he believed me at the time. He, or he believed that it was actually going to happen. He didn't realize what it was for. He's like, I'll take you to my church if you want to. Like, where, where are you getting to? He was asking me all sorts of questions. Like, he was super interested. I'm like, to be honest, brother, I, I wasn't. That was a lie. I, I just I just wanted to get off work. He's like, oh, big respect. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get He's like, if you want, you can come to my church. I was like, you know what? It probably would be a good idea for me to go to church, at least for the day. And, you know, I ain't got nothing to do in the morning, but at an afternoon is what I wanted to do. So I ended up going to church with Daniel. And what he didn't tell me is that he was taking me to an all-black church. Oh, nice. When I got there, I was the only white guy. And I, I got to say, going to an all-black, I think it was non-denominational uh, church. Um, it was I don't think it was specified as, like, all-black, but I was the only white guy there. And I was like a unicorn and a fucking show of just like you know stallions, you know, like every like all these people come up to me. Oh my god, how are you? Thank you for coming today, sweetheart. Like everybody was so nice, right? And as we're sitting like through the service and shit, like the fucking the energy that I experienced in that church that day was unmatched to any other like baptist church i've ever gone to or anything else like that unmatched bro if you want if you want a fucking wholesome experience go to a black church they fucking they know how to make you feel wanted they know how to fucking make you feel christ when you're like in there and if that's if that's what you're looking for right that's not particularly who i who i am or what i look for but that's something that i did to get out of work and I, it was a good experience. We even got fried chicken afterwards. We went to Raising Cane's and got some. Oh, I fucking love Raising Cane's. That shit's good. Mm. All right. All Raising right. Cane's is a fire oh. establishment. Only motherfuckers that can compete with Chick Fil A. Only motherfuckers that can compete with Chick Fil A. Bro, I think Cane's chicken is better than Chick Fil A. spicy territory. Hands down, a thousand percent. Cane's beats Chick Fil A. Their chicken is so goddamn good. I will say their sauce, for me at least, is better than Chick-fil-A, but chick chicken though from Chick-fil-A. That's God's chicken. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> Lord blessed raising canes. I'm just saying. <laughs> but Chick-fil-A is still good nonetheless. I'm not saying it's trash. That's All fair, right. that's fair. So my second story that I was gonna share was when I had purchased my or financed my first vehicle and purchased it my first vehicle. It was twenty thirteen. Uh is my first finance vehicle. My first vehicle is a 2000 uh, Chevy, Chevy Cavalier 5-speed. And then my second vehicle, which I purchased and financed, my first finance vehicle was a 2013 Volkswagen Passat. Called it the... What did we call it? What did you call it? I, there, I, I know there was a name for it. It was a female name. I know that. Oh my Faith? 
No, I don't remember. Bro, what? Faith? Nah, nah. It was probably something completely nasty. It's probably good that I don't remember what we're calling it right now. Yeah, low-key. It, it was probably something like Bertha, I don't know. Bertha! <laughs> That's an inside joke. But, so, the day I bought that car, me and my friends were like, oh, we gotta do something in it. Like, I got a car now. Now I could finally, like, drive people around and shit. People could ride with me. So I fucking, like, taxied around my friends that night. And we fucking went to every party that we could find on Snapchat. And just fucking, like, partied up and stuff, right? But the story with that car was the last party that we had went to. We pulled up, and I was playing Pose by, I think it's Lil Uzi Bird, you know? Yeah. Photo shoot. Pose. Pose. And as we pull up, fucking, we get out, like, this group of... It was a, a younger part of this group of, like, high school kids are like, you're running shit, aren't you, bro? You could just tell this high school is <laughs> fucked up. We're like, what the fuck is this? And we're walking up to this party. Little did we know that there was, like, there had to be, like, 100, 150 people inside this fucking rich kid's house. Like, that, the place was completely fucking packed. Like, if Mac, Mac's occupancy was 84, it was doubled in this fucking house. Okay. <laughs> And, like, they were blasting music and shit. And this mother, this poor mother, was trying to, like, she knew she couldn't, like, kick people out because nobody would have fucking listened. This poor mother is, like, going around cleaning up the best she can in the moment. And we we saw her, me and my buddies. I think there was, like, five of us. And we're all, like, pretty toned. We're not, like, ripped motherfuckers, but we're all toned and stuff. And we're like, do you want us to bounce for you? So just imagine, like, five young dudes who knew what they were doing just standing in front of this house and we told everybody parties closed they left the house they were not getting back in <laughs> fucking parties closed get the fuck out so we spent about an hour there bouncing for this mama before we're like hey sorry we can't do anymore we're tired we're gonna go home and this random like just this random old lady and she 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 came out there too and she talked to us for a little bit, like, what are you guys? And we were like, we told her, like, we're both sure, like, oh, we're fucking at peace. But we've been in the <laughs> army, like, a whole fucking year, maybe, at that point, year and a half at, at max, you know, just having a good time. Yeah. And I think, man, maybe if coming up on two years, it took me a while to buy my first car. I was always Somewhere around there, people. Yeah. Before I tell my story, Dennis, okay, I want to hear from you a little okay. bit. What is, what is an experience that taught you a lesson in the military, then? When, like, growing up as a private, what's an experience that taught you a lesson? Let's see. An experience that taught me a lesson in the Army would definitely probably be one of my first uh, DUIs. So that's yeah. driven influence, right? You know, a person drinking while driving. It's a no-no on base. And so, I, you know, I call seen, you know, brand-new privates. We weren't actually allowed to actually run the DUIs. That was more like a traffic investigator, which they specialize in, you know, mobile vehicle accidents or mobile uh infractions right mm -hmm. and so I, I get called out there you know to a system and everything and this actually taught me that about functioning alcoholics because when we first arrived you know he was running his sfsts which you know your field sobriety tests you know like your one-legged stand all that stuff and he, he was passing all of them but then he blew uh he blew over the legal limit of the breathalyzer test and we they had to apprehend him. And I was like, I talked to my traffic investigator. I was like, yo, so why'd you, you know, apprehend him if you pass all the tests? Which I didn't see him do the breathalyzer test at the time. He's like, oh, because he blew this. I'm like, wow, really? That's crazy. Because like, 
he, he didn't have any balance issues. He, was, he didn't have any slurred speech or anything. He's like, yeah, these are things called function alcoholics where they can drink way above the legal limit but still function as a normal human being. I'm like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. So it, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> a traffic investigator over here. Hi, my but, name's uh, Roy. I'm a functioning alcoholic. Oh, I meant the traffic investigator. Oh, yeah, uh, that, that, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was definitely one of the experiences that taught me about, you know, like functioning alcoholics and you got to be, really be, uh, have your investigative skills for an uh, incident like that. So, yeah. So, so you're saying what it kind of taught you was to be more intuitive and to think outside the box when investigating things? Something yeah, definitely like be more alert for the, uh, be, definitely be more alert for a subject that's uh, possibly yeah. under the influence. And yeah, and uh, that's that's actually a great thing to uh, be said, you know, uh, especially as a cop, you know, everybody's different. Some people might be more, you know, not affected by alcohol, which you saw. That's that's pretty fucking tight. So now we jump well, into. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I just want to say, uh, so for the next, you know, story, uh, I want I want you to touch on one certain story about you know an experience that you gain good knowledge from. And I think we all know where we're going with this. It has a two and it starts with a zero in it. So the 240 Bravo incident. For those who don't <laughs> know what a 240 Bravo is, it is an automatic or it's a squad automatic weapon, right? It's not the saw, but it's like an upgrade from the saw. All right. Shoot so, 762 and 7556. Yes. So it's a it's a big fucking machine gun. Okay. I had to lug a big fucking machine gun around for two weeks of a field cycle that we had went through. It was uh, company certs, right? The X, uh, X evaluation, yeah. the X evaluation, the company X evaluation that we did mm -hmm. oh, oh, quite a while back. And I had to lug that bitch around everywhere I went. And I'm not a big guy, okay? I, I don't pride myself to being a big guy. I'm not a big guy. I, I like to think of myself medium, but more people probably classify me as like the, the small range. And I'm okay with that. That's just, you know, how I am, right? But I, I'm toned, and I definitely could carry that weapon around. I couldn't necessarily aim through it, shoot through it for probably 10 minutes or more because at that point I'd get really fucking heavy. But I lugged that bitch around the entire field cycle, okay? The last day of the field cycle and the last 20 minutes of that field cycle is where I fucked up. That's where I fuck. I managed to go through an yep. entire field cycle without fucking up. I did excellent, bro. I was certain that I would have gotten like a coin or something. I did great for that company X file. I was motivated. I was happy. I was mm -hmm. ready for this shit. Nighttime rolls around. Sun goes down. And we're clearing out. We're all like ready to jump into our Humvees. I get back to my Humvee, throw my assault pack in it. I had my 240 on the ground right outside the Humvee. Uh, it, it had already been started. Our driver had gotten the AC rolling. It was a hot day inside. I, I get in. I'm, like, moving my barrels in. I had my barrels with me, okay? <laughs> I had my fucking 240 barrels with me. But I fell asleep as soon as I sat down in that car or in the Humvee and felt that AC. I woke up as the car started moving. Didn't think anything of it. 240 was still right outside my door. We took off. We started going, you know, I'm just happy. I'm like, ah, oh, AC, I'm chilling. I'm fucking tired. AC, AC, that's all that's going through my head. Like, this air feels great. It's fucking cold. The one Humvee that had beautiful AC. And it hits me. 
halfway back to our company building, coming down from the field. I was like, ma'am, ma'am. Because I was riding with the LT. I'm like, I think I left my 240 behind. Dennis wasn't in my car, but Dennis, can you explain the story from your perspective? What happened after I told LT yeah. that I, le- I think I left my 240 behind? So, so I was in the second truck, I believe. Uh, I was the one right behind the, the big ASV. And I was the driver at the time. And my TC, which is a truck commander, which was my team leader at the time. And team leaders and TCs usually run the comms, right? So he's, he's sitting there and I'm driving. And everyone knows, you know, me, Aubrey, or boys. Everyone knew our little friend group, right? And he goes, he, I'm just driving. And the only things out of his mouth was, your friend fucked up. And I said, oh, no. What happened? What do you mean? Which friend? He goes, Aubrey. I'm like, no. What did he do? And he goes, he left his 240 behind. I was driving. I said, no fucking way. And I, we're, we're going there. And he's like, hold on, you need to stop. So we basically did a herringbone. You know, let's, I'm not really going to go into that. But we, we all stopped. And we see the last, like one of the last truck do a U-turn, go back. I'm like, oh, man, he's fucked. So after like, I don't know, like what, 10, 10 15 minutes, something like that? Uh, because it, it was a um... while back. I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw names out there. But the person that drove our fucking truck out back out to the fucking field site that we had, let's just say the speed limit was not seen on the side of the road going that direction. All right, we kind of just <laughs> estimated what we needed to catch up, but we found it exactly hey, where I Starbucks left it. Hannah Starbucks girl, Hannah Starbucks girl, thank you for the follow. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Aubrey. Hannah Starbucks girl. That better, I wonder if that's my wife. No, that's not my wife. I don't think. I think. No. I think my wife's uh, Twitch username is Be Very Brave. Wait, you guys can see me. What the fuck? What do you mean? Uh, is one of the the chat going? Well, hold on. Go, oh, go ahead, hold on. My I bad. see. I see. Wait, you guys can see me. Yeah, we we see the um, we see the chat and. Yeah, we see. You so, see you pop up. Yeah. To continue, I thought. I thought you guys were fake. No, no, this is live, man. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> like YouTube video. No, uh, I, I appreciate you tuning in though. Uh, so going forward with it, right? So ahead, we, yeah. we we got back and we found my 240, like just right off the bat. It, it was easy. Um, I guided them exactly. I So a little little thing about me is if I walk a certain way, I can walk for miles. I remember the trail that I walked so well. Like I can recall my steps. That's why like even when I play like fucking Minecraft, dog, I am the <laughs> navigator, man. I know everywhere that I've been, all right? Yeah. But I don't know where I haven't been kind of thing. Same thing. I'm just really good at remembering the path that I come up, and <laughs> oh, sorry, I was looking at the chat, but I remember. I remember we got the 240, okay, and I thought I was safe. I'm, I'm like hugging it. I'm, I'm hugging my 240 all the way back, fucking in the Humvee all the way back to our company site, and we fucking when we get back, that's when my nightmare began. Because my team leader at the time, he was really tough on me. I didn't even get out of the truck by the time I heard him yelling. He was waiting <laughs> at the fucking truck line to tear my ass apart. I remember that. I heard, dude, I started, I heard the yelling yeah. from inside the company. Dude, and I... <laughs> given, there was like a good mile fucking concrete between us. So I started getting smoked the moment I got out of the car, the, the, the truck, the Humvee. And um, I'm, like, doing all this, like, just crazy shit getting yelled at. He's calling me an idiot, you dumb fuck. You know what could have happened. 
if like because it, it's still a training environment so everything he was saying was valid if the enemy had got the weapon and whatnot I was like, okay, yeah. yeah, I fucked up. I know I left it behind. I'm like, you sort of fucked up holding a 240 Bravo above my head and shit. And then he's like, Ar- uh, he gets a call. Uh, the armor needs the weapon. So I go in. I'm like, ah, oh, the smoking's done. I turn my weapon in. I'm <laughs> breathing like a fucking dog, dude. I'm like, I'm already gassed. And he comes, he comes up. I was like, go take a fucking water can and fill it up. Knife hands in my ass. I'm like, fuck me, dog. So I, I fill up a water can. And those who don't know, I think a water can is the same jerry as a fuel can. can, the jerry can. He's like five gallons, yeah. I think, right? He's like yeah, five something gallons. Like something like five gallons of water. And like for those civilians that don't know, like just imagine, you. I know you bitch asses get fucking gassed out carrying a, a jug of milk into your house sometimes, bro. Imagine five jugs of milk. Yeah, I still do. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, <laughs> this just sucks. And fucking... Um, he sends me back to the truck line and for the next three hours, dude, three hours, like he, he, at some points he's just like playing on his phone or whatnot. I'm carrying a water can over my head and like my arms are weak. They're shaking at this point. Like, blah, 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 blah. so like it's Lunges. on my head. Like, and that's how I'm carrying it. I'm like, trying to like, Ugh, like I'm in Egypt or something, carrying a basket of water back from the Nile. And, um, Moral of the story is I got the shit smoked out of me, and that's the worst smoking I've ever had in my life. Now, smoking is corrective action. It's physical punishment, essentially, right? Yeah. And you can't be corrected after that. You can't, like, have a counseling or anything. If they do, it's, stu- it's double jeopardy, and that's something that the Army's against. And if it does happen, you could fight it, and usually you get right. Um, but, yeah, I got the dog shit smoked out of me. And it was I, I do want I do want to mention a couple things though. So first hand Starbucks. Why you guys are good looking, what the fuck? I appreciate you. Thank you very much. We both we both uh, love you guys, you know. And he probably had a crush on you. Hey, the team lead maybe did, you know, maybe you did. <laughs> uh Vicious Shanty, thank you for the follow. I appreciate that. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast. But uh yeah, what I wanted to mention though is from my perspective, so we returned I was turning in my Mark 19, right? Uh not not, not my Mark 19, my gunners, because I was a driver at the time. So I turned in my two four nine. He was turning his Mark 19, that's an automatic grenade launcher, you know, for y'all who don't know what that is. And I look over and I see this man gassed. Like he's just coming in. He looks defeated as hell. And then that's when he said, go get the fucking jerry can. I heard that. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that face you made made me think of the Shrek meme. The... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so. And so is, you know, uh, myself, Jimbo, Rod, what you do what you do after that field cycle, right? You go back, take a shower, best fucking shower of your life, by the way. Oh, yeah. Drink a beer, nice and chill, you know what I mean? Every time. We, we didn't see this man come back until, like, you know, two, three hours later, like he said. And he stopped by the room, and he was just... <laughs> he looked dead. But we all looked at him, cracked open a beer, we said, here, you fucked up, but you deserve this. <laughs> I, think, I think the beer was gone, like, a point millisecond. Bro, it it was so. <laughs> they kept going to my house to check if I went to school. Bro, two years ago. About two years ago, when I was like fourteen. What? Oh, like, damn. So, so this story and the moral of the story is right. And what yeah. it did, what it did for me was it it taught me to be accountable for the items that are given to me. 
okay and and this is something to keep in mind too like if even if you work at mcdonald's bro and they're like we trust you to take care of this spatula for a night if you want to borrow it or something you know you got to take care of that spatula and fucking bring Such it back the next day that's that's an item <laughs> that you gotta be accountable for you know and a 240 bravo if let's say i mean let's not talk about what happened in iraq what or what or was it afghanistan afghanistan, I, I keep, yeah, afghanistan we pulled out left plenty of fucking 240s back there yep. right but at the time me leaving behind a automatic fucking machine gun to shoot 762 rounds into the enemy leaving that behind in a field environment and they got that that would have been a really fucked up situation right and yeah. I, I was totally at fault and now every and like that has taught me like every time i go anywhere you know I'm always patting my pockets, make sure I got what I need. Every time I put my uniform on, I go to work, man, I'm patting my pockets, fucking making sure I got everything I need. My dog tags, Fuck. okay, they're at least in my pocket, if not around my neck, bro. I got them. I'm ready to go. Then this is, this is what I need, you know. I'm always checking, making sure that I have the items that I need with me. Yeah. And I'm always, before I leave, and I do it to this day, too, I always make sure that I have my DOD ID in my wallet before I leave base. Like as I'm driving, I'll be like, okay, it's that time. I keep my wallet in my left uh, pocket on my shoulder. I pull it out, go look at it. Like, oh, there's my DOD ID. Okay, I'm good. Don't have to turn around, put it back in my pocket. I'm good. Even though I've never left my DOD ID behind, I still got it in my pocket. It's always there. That's just something that the 240 incident has always taught me. So with that in mind, Denny boy, I, I do, do want to mention though one thing that uh first of all uh Hannah until last year they came and I couldn't go to school at like the end of the year because I had a son and I started to appreciate them. Well, we appreciate you too and I hope uh, hope your son is doing as well as well, you know. But I do want to say though, for anybody who's thinking about you know joining the military or anything, corrective action is just one of those things that, to be honest, it's actually pretty good because you rather have that than papers. Oh, See, like, absolutely. yeah, it might, yeah. it's definitely gonna, it's definitely gonna suck ass, definitely, when you're doing it, and when you're in the middle of fucking pushing the earth, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I promise you, like, we are, we are who we are today, because we got, we learned those hard lessons, and we don't fuck up nowhere as much now, since we do that, because that shit gets distilled in your brain, you know? It's like almost muscle memory at that point, where it's like, oh, it's like, it's like leaving the house, oh, phone, wallet, keys, type shit, but for mm-hmm. us, it's more like, Oh, we got a weapon? All right, cool. Truck, good. Fuel, you know what I mean? People, we're good, you know what I mean? So what were you saying? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to ask you, um, what is the worst smoking that you've ever experienced? The worst smoking I had, let's see. Because when you get smoked, like, there's definitely that memory that's going to go clink. Oh, yeah. It's there. Let's see. Let's hear about it. Uh, one of the worst smokings I had was definitely, I forgot what the main purpose of it was. I think I think that me and Jimbo we fucked up and we were just fucking up like the entire day and we were like specials at the time, so we were needed to provide a standard for some of the lower guys. And if we were proving such a shitty fucking standard, then it reflects onto the younger guys being like, oh look at these guys, these guys can't be losers, you know. But it was uh, we had these two NCOs, you know, bring us out back and. We just fucking got smoked for like an hour and a half, two hours. It was front back goes. You know what front back goes are? Oh yeah, front. Yeah. You start pushing back, start flutter kick, go, start with, is running in place, right? Yeah. So yeah. front is doing push ups, back flutter yeah. kicks, and go means you run, right? But we didn't run in place. No, no, we ran to the end of the mobile pool and back. 
So it, it was, oh my God, though. It was just funk, bat, go, funk, bat, go. And we would do like push ups, then flood kicks, and then run. And then as soon as we come back, flood kicks, I mean, push ups, flood kicks, run. And then at some point, they were just fucking with it. It was just like front back, go, front back, go, front back, go. And we would just like push up, flood kick. We would try to run, and then they would say front, we'd drop again, and then do flood kicks, and then we'd try to run again, and then drop. It was just, it was just a whole shit show. Yeah. But no, yeah. That, we, I definitely, <laughs> we definitely learned to fucking get our head out of our asses right there. I'll tell you that. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Um, that's actually been something that, oh no, I have done front back goes after I became an NCO to somebody. Yep. I have. That is definitely something that I actually, uh, I did. Um, the first time, the first time, I'm not, I don't mean to cut you off, but the first time that shit happened, I was like, ah, so this is how it feels to be on the other side. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right. And it might be a shitty thing to say, but I don't think it's a shitty thing to say because, I mean, I have enjoyed smoking soldiers sometimes. And it's not so much as like I'm trying to take out my frustrations and anger onto a soldier. Like, I, I if I have smoked somebody, I've done it because I want them to progress and do better. Okay, and, that, exactly. and that's how I truly feel. Like, I want them to do better. And I don't want them to have a history of counseling because guess what? Your counseling packet goes with you everywhere you fucking go. All right? You you go to a new unit. There's no starting fresh if they know what's fucking what you did before. You know? Mm -hmm. they, you got that history there. And you, you destroy that, right? And we find out you destroyed a counseling fucking thing. Then that's, that's, that's punishment. That's some serious fucking punishment you got to deal with, right? Yeah. So I, I definitely like the idea of corrective action against a soldier physically you know physical training versus a counseling and i wish more soldiers would understand that and stop taking the paper because now they're getting kicked out and yeah. if you don't know if you don't do three years of honorable service or a med board then you don't get any fucking benefits period yeah like i mean there's also, other there's other circumstances but yeah go ahead also, three counselings equals an Article 15. Yeah. And Article 15 means deduction of rank, deduction of pay, and trust me, you want your fucking pay. Yeah. <laughs> or extra duty days. So that means on your day off, guess what? You're still working. My advice, shut the fuck up, take the smoking, and be happy that it's not being recorded. And it's just you exactly. know, down the drain at the end of the day. And and y'all acted like it's so bad. No, y'all getting stronger at the fucking end of the day. You, you kidding me? Like... That four-hour smoke sesh with water cans and a 240, oh, I definitely got stronger that day. I PT's definitely free. got fucking, PT's <laughs> fucking free. These muscles are free. I know my arms may look skinny, but I promise you, they're all muscle. That's all I got to give. I ain't got nothing else to give, all right? Being a policeman's hella fun, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got its ups and downs, definitely. Uh, it's just like any other job, you know? Some days are fucking shitty. Some days you you feel like you actually changed the world, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. All right. Well, um, hey, look, guys, I appreciate uh tuning in and having a wonderful time with us. It, it's been fun sharing these stories with my brother, my my brother. I kind of slurred that a little bit. My brother, I appreciate um, you guys listening to you know just hearing stories about us when we were younger, as as privates and you know newly pinned specialists rocking that sham shield and. Other crazy stuff that has just happened to us along the way. If you want to hear more stories like this, I'm sure we got plenty. We got plenty. We just definitely have to put it to thought because, you know, over the years you kind of forget a lot of things. But, you know, a little bit of kick here and there will 
remember some really fun stuff that we did that we can share with you guys and keep the uh, story alive. If you guys want to, hey, look, if you guys want to participate and give us ideas to how we do things on the podcast, just make sure you interact in any way you can. Any way, absolutely, you can give us ideas. Um, you know, do the, do the basics. Like, subscribe, follow, listen. Type in, type but, in chat. Type in chat. Look, we're gonna we're gonna try and see what this uh, Twitch thing does for us. If if we start getting a really good following base on Twitch, and every time we come up, you know, we'll start doing solo YouTube episodes. Or if it if it's not too interrupted by the Twitch chat, then we'll post it onto our Spotify. Or you can find it on YouTube or Spotify or whatever platform you listen onto. The only platforms I believe we're not on on right now that are very popular are Apple and Pandora. But Pandora yep. can be fixed here soon. If you guys want to hear Pandora, just let us know. Dennis, go ahead and uh, get your goodbyes in, beautiful boy. I just want to say, you know, thank you all for listening as always. It really means a lot for all of, for all of us now for knowing that you guys definitely come in and listen to our stories or our different opinions on different subjects of the world, you know. And we really do appreciate that. We love y'all from the bottom of our hearts, really. And this is actually our first time on Twitch, and it seems like you guys are blowing it up, and we really appreciate that. But for people who uh who just tuned in, obviously like my partner here, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, not Apple Music, YouTube, fucking TikTok, Twitch now. So definitely, if you guys want to interact with us, or maybe even beyond, you know, there's a little link tree. If you guys want to talk about different subjects that's not in the military, go ahead over there and sign a couple things, and we'll try to get in contact with you, right? But we're going to end it there. Hope you guys have a great and wonderful night. Thank you guys again for listening. And I will see you guys in the next one. Boy, anything else? I just wanted to double tap on that, guys. Um, we can't do this podcast, just the two of us, all the time. We we need more people. And if you want a platform to speak on, we'll be your platform. All you got to do is like reach out to us. We got a guest waiver. Essentially, what the guest waiver says is you're not going to try and damage our brand and stuff. Like If you're coming on here, you're coming on here as a guest. We're not going to have to pay you for it. You're coming on your own accord. All right, and it just says that you're not going to sue us because you don't, you didn't enjoy the conversation with us. But we're pretty easygoing. People don't take that as like a definitive thing that just protects us. But if you don't want content shared or something, you can always reach out to us. We're very cool people. Um, if in whatever topic you want to talk about, we're here for it, and we would love to talk about it. Whether we're just talking. Hey guys, it's Roy, Dennis, and Jimbo from the Brotherly Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say. Uh, Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Your support means everything to us, and we're super appreciative of it. If you want to see more content like this, make sure you interact in any way you can. We're on many platforms under the same name of Brotherly Talk. The whole, the whole idea of this was to give a voice to the little guys, everyday normal folk who don't have a platform to speak on. We'll be your platform. As always, keep it real. <laughs>